Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Friday, January 13th, and this is your FT News Briefing. U.S. inflation continued to cool down. A Swedish company says it's discovered Europe's largest deposit of rare earth metals, and Pakistan is still struggling with a severe economic and financial crisis. Anyone that you talk to on the, the streets, and their number one concern right now is not Pakistan's very divisive politics, but it's uh, the future of the economy. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. U.S. markets crept up a little higher yesterday after the latest U.S. inflation report came out. It, as expected, showed another slowdown in the inflation rate. Annual consumer price growth in December was 6.5%. That's down from the previous month. This eases pressure on the Federal Reserve, but the Fed will likely continue raising rates. Here's our U.S. economics editor, Colby Smith. What we have to recognize and and acknowledge um, is that inflation is coming from a very high base. So even if um, we're seeing some improvements on a month-to-month basis, um, we're still at a level that the Fed considers uh, far too high. So, Colby, the Federal Reserve is going to meet again in a few weeks to set interest rates. Uh, What do you think might happen there? What I think they're going to do come the February meeting is step down the pace of interest rate increases yet again. Um, So back in December, they moved from a, a string of four 75 basis point interest rate increases Um, and downshifted to a half a percentage point rate rise. Now it looks to be the case that they're going to step back to a quarter point increase as they um, try to assess how much further to squeeze the economy. And a few Fed officials said explicitly this past week that they support a quarter point rate rise. But that this doesn't mean that the Fed is going to go soft on inflation, right, Colby? Yeah, that's the message we hear from all Fed officials, really. They are not near done yet in terms of uh, squeezing the economy Most officials are still targeting the Fed funds rate, eclipsing 5%. That suggests that that there's still uh, several more interest rate increases to come. The message here is a slower pace does not mean less commitment to fighting inflation. And it also doesn't mean that the Fed is any closer to uh, cutting interest rates, uh, which markets currently predict they will uh, do twice at the end of the year. What Fed officials have said is that they're going to keep rates elevated at least through the end of 2023. Colby Smith is the FT's U.S. economics editor. Pakistan is facing, quote, perhaps the greatest economic challenge the country has ever seen. That's according to one expert who spoke to the FT. Global inflation, fallout from the war in Ukraine, and horrific flooding have sapped Pakistan's finances. And this huge South Asian country could default on its foreign debt. This whole environment has fueled anxieties at the popular kind of level. That's our correspondent in Islamabad, Farhan Bukhari. Anyone that you talk to on the the streets and their number one concern right now is not Pakistan's very divisive politics, but it's uh, the future of the economy. I was uh, at a pharmacy uh, about a week ago and a lady walked in and she wanted to buy her stock of daily medicines for the next one year. And, you know, the pharmacist was a bit surprised, uh, but she kept on insisting that she wanted to buy a stock for the year because uh, who knows, uh, uh, medicines may just vanish. 
Um, and then there's also a lot of interest in um, the closure of certain industries. Toyota car manufacturers in Pakistan have shut down their plant because they can't import parts to fit in locally uh, assembled cars. Massey Ferguson, produced by a company called Miller Tractors, last week they shut down their plant indefinitely because they can't import parts for Massey Ferguson tractors in Pakistan. And a lot of this is happening due to the ongoing, for want of a better word, really, uh, financial stress all across Pakistan. That's the FT's Farhan Bukhari in Islamabad. For a global perspective on Pakistan's debt crisis, I'm joined now by the FT's emerging markets correspondent, Jonathan Wheatley. Hi, Jonathan. Hi there. Very happy to join you. Now, how bad is Pakistan's crisis compared to other countries facing similar economic crises and foreign debt pressures? Well, the one that Pakistan is is facing is bad, as I'm sure Farhan has explained. Um, they are running out of reserves and they need to do something pretty urgently to get themselves onto a sustainable path. It's worth saying that we're not going into the kind of classic emerging market debt crisis where big emerging markets like Mexico and Brazil and South Africa, those big economies are pretty well protected from the kind of thing that knocked them over in the 1980s and 1990s. But what we are seeing now is a broad and widespread debt crisis among the poorer developing countries. And what happens if Pakistan does default? Well, the worst of the consequences are for the people of Pakistan. Uh, we've, we've seen Farhan has described the kind of hardships the people are facing. Uh, we saw what happened in Sri Lanka when, you know, just people were running out of the basic stuff that you need to lead your daily life. Uh, when a country that is reliable on imports runs out of foreign currency, it just stops importing and people run out of things that they badly need. So that's really bad. And of course, the other thing that happens is that the creditors don't get paid. Now, we don't need to have too much sympathy for investors that, that buy bonds and so on. They know the risks that they're taking. Maybe we could have a bit more sympathy for the taxpayers of Official lenders, bilateral lenders, other governments that lend to countries. China is a huge, it is the biggest bilateral lender of all. And in China, for example, there's a lot of unease among the population that the government might bail out countries that are, can no longer afford to pay their huge multi-billion dollar debts to China at the expense of Chinese taxpayers. And this raises the question, really, of, of whether Pakistan will be able to negotiate agreements with its lender, whether it be China or, or the IMF? Well, that is the big question. But as you say, there's an awful lot of fires for people like the IMF and the World Bank to put out. We've had, you know, back-to-back crises with the pandemic and uh, Russia's war in Ukraine, plus the, the preceding years of low growth and emerging markets looking around for a driver of growth. So countries were already building up too much debt, which they were having trouble paying a few years ago. Now it's just, you know, they had these multiple crises and things have got much, much worse. But an awful lot of work is needed, both on the creditor and debtor side, to sort this out. And hopefully there'll be a sense of urgency for Pakistan. That's the FT's emerging markets correspondent, Jonathan Wheatley. Thanks, Jonathan. Thank you very much.
Sweden's state-owned mining company, LKAB, said it discovered Europe's largest deposit of rare earth minerals. It's north of the Arctic Circle in the Swedish province of Lapland. The company says it contains more than 1 million tons of rare earth oxides, but it'll take several years to establish what the deposit contains. Then there's the challenge of extracting and processing the minerals. Still, the discovery is a boost to Europe's hopes of reducing its reliance on raw material imports. Before we let you go, here's another reminder of a special offer for news briefing listeners. Half off an annual subscription to FT.com. For a limited time, you can get a year of FT.com for only $187. You can sign up at FT.com slash briefing sale. We'll have the link in our show notes. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back next week for the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Sonia Hudson, Fiona Simon, and me, Mark Filipino. Our editor is Jess Smith. We had help this week from Eli Meixler, David De Silva, Michael Lello, and Gavin Coleman. Our executive producer is Topher Forges. Cheryl Brumley is the FT's global head of audio. And our theme song is by Metaphor Music. This is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit from a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.